It's our Ask the Doctor segment now on our Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole, reminder, we thank JRF Ortho, partnering with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more. Sign up to be a tissue donor at donatelife.net. Dr. Cole got a couple great questions from our listening audience. First one asks this. I am a 17-year-old cheerleader. Dr. Cole had shoulder surgery where an inflamed sack of fluid was removed and some microscopic tears in the labrum were shaved down. How long before it's safe for me to return to cheerleading? So, Steve, this uh, young athlete is describing uh, probably something called bursitis or impingement, which is where there's a fluid-filled sac that is situated just above our rotator cuff. That is, um, we all have one, and sometimes it can be a pain generator. What's interesting is that oftentimes that sac is, is a secondary sign that there's weakness around the shoulder, such as the shoulder blade, and that's why rehabilitation and sometimes an occasional cortisone injection can often keep uh, people out of the operating room before they come to surgery to have this sac removed. When it is removed, it, it does grow back. Uh, but the fact that this is a removal operation rather than a reparative operation speaks to the consideration that these young athletes who have these types of shoulder surgeries can get back very quickly as pain permits and range of motion and strength returns. The other thing she identified is that she has a she had microscopic labral tears, and typically that's just fraying in the cartilage around the shoulder. Also, when we treat these, Steve, we just go in with a shaver and clean things up and smooth out the edges and so forth. Uh, and, you know, then it's just an issue of how quickly they can recover, get their strength back, the range of motion back, and let the pain uh, quiet down. So it's not a matter of having to protect the shoulder when they go back. It's an issue of sort of proper rehabilitation post-surgically. So they can sometimes get back within just a matter of weeks once they have undergone adequate rehabilitation after an operation that just removes things rather than fixes things. And I think that's the important distinction. I'm thinking, Dr. Cole, 17-year-old cheerleader, still relatively young, or do you see the uh, tears in the labrum at this age? You know, it's all, it's it, what's interesting is we'll often tell patients, look, I saw some fraying or, quote, tears in, when, uh, in the labrum of the cartilage. And it's, it is rare for a young athlete to have uh, full-on uh, labral tears. Uh, I think the, the, the patients leave the office thinking, I had a tear. And the reality is it's just minor irritation that we just clean up and doesn't have to be fixed. So the semantics are important because as a patient, uh, when we have these kinds of conversations, they often walk out thinking one thing when, in reality, it's a very minor issue. And I would argue that the way she wrote her question about having microscopic tears is that this is probably fraying or irritation of the cartilage, uh, which is super common and may not even be a pain generator, quite frankly, in this age group. Uh, But we still clean it up nonetheless because we're there. Okay. And Dr. Cole, one of our participating sponsors is Athletico Physical Therapy. What if the best way to treat your pain is to start with physical therapy? Well, the same Athletico therapists who work with world-class athletes and professional dancers can transform your pain before it progresses to something worse. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. It all starts with Athletico. And Dr. Cole, continuing on with our Ask the Doctor segment, have another question for you. And uh, this comes up a lot, and uh, I get asked this myself from, you know, my boys, and, um, you know, sometimes they, 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 they maybe uh, have a contact injury, and people call it a bone bruise. And here's the question from our listener here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Cole, I was told I may have a bone bruise. What is that exactly? Can a bone really bruise? 
Steve, it can. It's just that it it ends up being sort of a wastebasket category of uh, of a problem. Saying I have a bruise. I mean, bru- uh, the the true sense of the word, a bruise or even a contusion. Uh, there's a real mechanism of injury, and it's abrupt. You go from feeling normal to having some impact. <clears throat> excuse me, having some impact, and then they quote bruise the bone, and they're they're commonly. Uh, they commonly present in a situation where they may come after an event, they have, let's just say, uh, knee pain or uh, pain towards the end of the thigh bone at the level of the knee, and they cite that they had a direct blow, they were playing sports, and there was a collision, and they had the immediate onset of pain. And we get an x-ray, and the x-ray is normal, we get an MRI, and it shows uh, fluid in the bone. Now, it's not like there's a collection of fluid, Steve. The MRI picks up water content shifts. So if you actually were to uh, you know, have an animal study where you actually hit the bone with a hammer and then got an MRI, you would see fluid in the area that's representative sort of trauma. So a true full-on bone bruise is one where there's an, a specific event. It requires a physical contact or it could be a load, like a hyperextension injury that you see. I remember years ago I took care of Yao Ming, who had a hyperextension injury to his knee and he had a bone bruise on his tibia and it lights up on the MRI but the x-rays are normal and it's sort of a pre-fracture type situation. The challenge is that all bone bruises are not really due to that type of situation. They show up with fluid changes on the MRI and that's what the radiologist may say, well it looks like a contusion or a bruise and the patient says, well I never injured myself and I don't understand why I have that. And I think the more important thing, and again, this is, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds with, you know, helping patients diagnose themselves, but anytime an MRI, which picks up water content, shows sort of a collection or increased fluid signal, um, you have to go back to the patient and get the history. Because, for example, when we lose cartilage in the knee, let's just say it wears away, oftentimes we get an MRI and there'll be fluid in the bone on the MRI. And, And that is, the radiologist will say, is a contusion or a bruise. That's not really what it is. It's just a sign that load is being seen by the bone in that area. In this case, the load isn't from a specific acute event or trauma, but the load is because the surface isn't adequately protecting the bone beneath it. So the bone actually increases in fluid and it lights up on the MRI. So it depends on the context when this happens. But yes, bones can bruise just like anything else, muscles and soft tissue, uh, but they don't always show that signal change due to a traumatic event, a single traumatic event. They can often show that single, uh, that, that signal change in the bone uh, due to overuse. I'll tell you an interesting fact, Steve. Um, MRIs done on marathoners, so they go out and they run a marathon. Before they run it, they do an MRI and their knee is clean. They have no changes in the bone. And then if they were to get an MRI the next day, the bone lights up like a Christmas tree because there's been so much repetitive load there. But uh, So you might say, well, that's a contusion. It's just bone marrow uh, fluid that is due to repetitive trauma. They may have actually no symptoms whatsoever, and 24 hours later, it actually may resolve by repeat MRI. So bone marrow uh, fluid and or a bone bruise is usually a sign of some stress, and it's very, generally speaking, very easy to treat, often or rarely will ever require surgery. Well, it's the first time I've ever heard of fluid in a bone. You always think of a bone being solid, but you're talking about bone marrow. Yeah, and that's because the bone itself, you know, is a dynamic structure. And when it's activated through trauma, for example, 
it, it starts to turn over and produce new bone or, 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 or there's a biologic process there. So when that gets activated, it lights up an MRI. An MRI is really just a very strong magnet that can pick up different fluid content. It picks up basically hydrogen molecules. So um, different fluids have different water content, and that's why they show up with different shades of gray or black or whiteness on an MRI. So the more fluid, the lighter the signal is, for example, on an MRI. So bones can have fluid, but I think it, people are under this misperception that there's like this collection or pocket of fluid, and that's not the case. It's really like microscopic fluid that's embedded within the, the, the substance or structure of the bone. Interesting stuff. And finally, Dr. Cole, hope you've tried Karen Malkin's new protein brownie bar and superfood bars. Best tasting bars in the market, certified gluten-free, paleo, and no added sugar. Karen's protein brownie bars and superfood bars available on Amazon, also at KarenMalkin.com. And that'll wrap up this segment of our Ask the Doctor topic segment. Dr. Cole, great job, and we'll look forward to another podcast coming with you shortly.